When is the last time you listened to a podcast about web development, web design, and small business and didn't fall asleep? Yes, we cover web development, web design, and small business, but like actual human beings with personalities. If you're a beginner, we're not going to talk over your head. It's more like asking your buddy for help. We have guests, we have fun, and let me tell you, these two can get off on a tangent. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to HTML All The Things Podcast. This is Matt Lawrence and Mike Curran. That's right, everybody. We are back. This is episode 136. I don't have a catchy title for this because it's a mystery episode for Mike again. So I have the show notes on my phone. He has not seen them. He doesn't know anything about it. I have a bunch of questions that him and I will answer and discuss as well. But, uh, you know, I guess spoiler alert now, even though it's live and we're like talking. But spoiler alert, it is about managing large projects uh, with no time to do so. So I got a bunch of questions here. I'll put a, a catchy title, hopefully, in the actual for the actual title, but I don't know what it is yet. Now, if that sounds interesting to you, that uncertainty sounds interesting to you, and you want to support the show, you can go check us out on that Patreon, leave a review or rating on your podcast app, join us in our Discord server, or share this with your friends. And now, Mr. Mike, you and I have been struggling, struggling with uh, workload. I've done a couple 16-hour days, a couple 14-hour days. Uh, I am falling behind despite all of that. I may have to delay someone's project, but the projects that we have done have gone pretty well so far, so that's good. We've also cleaned up some of our automation to sort of manage time, and that's what gave me the idea for this episode. So I have a bunch of kind of questions here, a bunch of different sort of topics about managing a large project. And if you're a person that does manage large projects, you know that the standard steps are sort of, you know, take the big job, right? Whatever it is, build this website, build this web app, build this whatever, which is a big task. And you break that into smaller tasks or smaller jobs. So, you know, oh, we need to put the social links here. We need to get their social links. We need to build the slider. We need to do whatever, you know, little tasks like that. And then you schedule those tasks as needed, if that's needed, depending on how big the project is. And then if your team is big uh, or you have a couple people, then you can maybe delegate some of that stuff out to other people. Um, now, what happens, though, when you have a big project and do not have the time to apply the appropriate time and task management to it? So, obviously, ideally, you would, you know, split the time up, whatever, or, like, you would uh, organize your time so that this doesn't happen. But we're talking about in an emergency or in sort of the feast or famine market where, you can just get overwhelmed very quickly, which is what we're facing right now. Big old fa- big old feast before, I'm sure, the famine. And so sometimes you just cannot, and I want to make this clear, you just cannot appropriately time manage, task manage. You don't have the time to divvy up the tasks and talk to people and have the meetings and do all that other good stuff. So this is what I have a list of questions here that I'm going to talk to Mike about, and we'll get his take on that. And we'll get my take on it as well. But because you don't have time to manage it, now that big project, that big, whatever it is, big job, is just a single bulk job. So Mike, how do you handle the stress of a single bulk job without bringing it, breaking it down? That is a good question. Uh, <laughs> I just stress constantly. I think for, okay, for me, not breaking it down is so much stress that I don't think I would complete the job, to be honest. Like, uh, without breaking it into somewhat tasks and without delegating, if it's big enough, it could kind of crush me to the point where I'd be working probably, you know, 15 hour, 16 hour days. And then I just have like a panic attack at the end or something like that. Very possible. <laughs> oh my God. I mean, yeah. Like I don't, I don't know for me, like I, whenever I get a new project, I've got to at least have some time to project manage it. It's usually not a ton uh it's usually like you know a few hours at the beginning of the project at least for me to go in there and break it up a little bit uh figure out what technologies need to be used and stuff like that get get some sort of task management list going so that i can then figure out what i need to work on now what i need to work on later having said that um if it's a small enough job small big job let's put like 
you know, something like a regular website, let's say. So it's just like, like a I, task you would break up. Yes. But a task that like, I would usually break up. It isn't like, hey, build me this medical app. <laughs> yes, exactly. A task that I would usually break up if I had the time, but it's just like, you know, create me a website here. I would just kind of do my usual uh, routine of how I create a website, uh, especially if I'm working on it on my own and I have no time. I would definitely just go in and start. Um, Let's say it is just a website. I would go in there and start laying it out the way I wanted to to look in HTML, right? I would I would complete the entire HTML structure of one page. That's usually how I set up a project, right? Before I get into the very intricacies of any JavaScript, before I get into a lot of like styling and stuff like that, I'll lay out a page in HTML top to bottom how I want it to look. And then that will create the project template for me. That will create uh, the project structure, the folder structure. And that kind of stuff really accelerates my development. Because for me, when I'm looking at a blank page, and I think for a lot of people, that's the killer, the motivation killer. Like you don't want to be looking at a blank page. Whereas if you're looking at an already created folder structure, you're already gitified it, you already uh, created a page, then you're like, okay, well now I just have to build on top of that page. And then I'll I'll slowly start building the stuff that's in my head that that's needed in, on this project that's on the um, the requirements. I'm guessing those are at least gathered, right? Like you, you've you've agreed to some sort of project with a with a client, so you have some set of maybe not tasks, but at least uh, requirements. And I'll just go down and make sure that I create those kind of one by one. But again, I start with the structure of the page. I style it a bit. And, I, and this is where I kind of deviate maybe from everyone else is I will I will structure it, style it a bit. I'm not going to do finalized responsive styling right away. And then I'll go into the functionality side. So if there's any sort of custom functionality that needs to be built out, that's the kind of like the almost the second thing that I uh, focus on to make sure that... Um, I finish the stuff that I'm most unsure about because that's what's going to be on the back of my mind as I'm doing anything that I am sure about. So if I finish the bulk of the difficult tasks and all that's left is just the regular like, you know, oh, you know, responsive layouts and stuff like that, then that's not going to worry me. I can do that at, at a pretty decent pace and I won't have anything on the back of my mind saying like, oh, what what happens if you can't complete this task? What happens if you can't, you know, uh, connect to the connect to the server and get this data right and um so that that's i think just an, a quick overview of how it would handle something like what you're saying matt i don't know if you have any adjustments that you do to that yeah so you actually answered um two the my first two questions so my first my first question was how do you handle the stress of a single bulk job the second one was actually how do you tackle the job you know do you e- do the easy stuff first just grindlessly or grind aimlessly uh, until it's done etc um and i would say that we're similar ish but i would say that i what i try to do is actually tackle the um the goal or the pinnacle point, I don't know, I just thought of that, thought of that phrase, uh, of the project. So if the project was like, somebody was like, hey, you know, I really need a website built up because I need curbside pickup for my business. And I really need curbside pickup because, you know, we have to stay closed down because of lockdowns or blah, 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 whatever the reason is. And then they talk, you know, about a bunch of other website stuff, but that curbside pickup idea in the meeting, in the like, the original gathering requirements meeting, if that keeps coming back, then I try to actually tackle the infrastructure and just the overall, just the overall idea of, okay, curbside pickup has to be like ace on this. And they're going to be looking at curbside pickup probably above anything else. And so I'll get curbside pickup done, make it, build it, test it, whatever I got to do. And then the other stuff, I'll do as an aside, but what this does, and we'll touch on this later with my questions is that it allows me to buy myself time potentially. So I know that they want curbside pickup the most, or in your case, you know, to the listener, maybe they want a slider the most, or they want a photo gallery the most, if they're some sort of artist or something. And you focus on that and make that like super killer. And then if you're falling behind you know, not due to work ethic or anything, just due to you're just falling behind. You have something effectively meaty for them to for them to look at and something to buy yourself time. And we'll talk about that again, like a little bit later about how do you 
how do you buy yourself time? But I think I do that. But the thing is, is to sort of answer the first question, which how do you handle the stress of a single bulk job? You know, I what I what I try to do is actually go into a project. Like I said, hit that curbside pickup in my in my sort of mini example here, hit that curbside pickup and get that done. But I just keep going. So I don't aimlessly grind, but I just grind hard because what I find is even when I do the proper management, the proper task breakdown, the proper delegation, doesn't matter. I still find myself looking at the bigger picture. And I don't know whether that's like a personal, you know, uh, personality flaw, whatever you want to call it. But I always, even though I have these like clearly laid out tasks in front of me, I either get distracted by the other tasks or I keep looking at the bulk job, the whole thing. And what I've learned is, is that if I keep comparing what I have to what I want, so what I have to what the finished product is or will be or what I want it to be, that finish line never appears to be getting closer. But as I just keep grinding, it just those problems go away. And that might sound super obvious, but when you're in the mindset, or at least myself, where you're like thinking to yourself, oh my God, like I have 10 tasks to do. This thing needs to be a full e-commerce website and everything else. You know, the cart isn't even set up. The sliders aren't there. The images aren't in. And you just start like panicking, even if you're on time in your own plan, if you keep comparing yourself to that finish line, to that product that you want, I find that the finish line just seems, although it isn't, but it seems like it just keeps getting further away. So what I've actually been doing in this crazy time that I've been dealing with is I just hit the damn thing hard and just keep going. So for example, last night we had a project where it's due late this week, but I have some stuff to do in the middle of this week. So I said, okay, this is what we're going to do. I had a migration to do on Monday, which we're recording this on a Tuesday. So yesterday I finished the migration and the migration went well. So it's like, okay, migration's done. Now what? Okay, well, I might as well work on this thing that's due late this week. Now I do have another another project that is actually due earlier this week, which I'm going to have to try to buy myself some time to. But I know that that bigger one that's due later is actually going to destroy my productivity because I'm going to be worrying about that big bulk job. So last night I hit that thing hard and worked until almost four. No, like definitely 430 a.m. could have been around 5 a.m. I just hit that thing hard and now it's quote unquote done. Now I have a chat. I checked it over. Have I missed stuff? Maybe. But the thing is, is that was a huge sort of like ball of anxiety, if you will, of like, oh, my God, this thing has so many pages or whatever. And I just hit that thing hard. Prime example of like I went into the list of pages that this particular client wanted uh, moved around and like added to and whatever. So I took literally their navbar links and I said, "Okay, that's it. And I just went down the list and I remade the navbar. And every single time I hit a page that I wasn't sure of, I either put a placeholder in or I literally built the page. Because the site's like being adjusted so I can do so with like modular pieces from the other pages to match the style. And the point of the matter is, is like now I have a heck of a lot done. So even if I do not get time at all this week, I can and I haven't looked it over. I know there's a bunch there and I can at least say, hey, here's what I've done so far. I like there's already a meeting planned. Like I know that we're going to have a check in meeting. Give this a go. This is like the first run. Like I can phrase it. So that like, yeah, like I've done my job. Sure, I haven't polished it, but there may be changes anyway. And that's how I've kind of gone through that. And so now, even though this other like smaller job might be a little late, which isn't great, might be a little late. I'm now sort of quote unquote free just to do this. And now I'm not going to be rushing this smaller job, which is actually just closing out a job, getting the, you know, doing all the invoicing and all the rest of it. Like I can just finish this thing. And then I'm kind of free and clear. The migration's done, which is always stressful. This big ball of anxiety is gone. I can send it, shoot out an email and say, hey, I'm going to have to send it in a couple of days. Like, I'm sorry, I've been delayed, whatever. Is that great? No, but like, this is how I'm managing it. And and now I have something everywhere. And after, the, after we record this, I'm probably going to start on that other thing. And I might just finish it tonight and send it. And I might just be actually done completely. But I don't have that big project hanging over my head. So, you know, some people will argue hey, you know, you should never miss a deadline. But like, if like, it's not like I'm not working, (laughs) like, like we are working. It's just, I 
I'm at like wit's end. Like I, I'm at time's end, if you will. Just everything came to fruition all at once. And that's what, exactly what this episode is about. So I think the 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 myth of everyone saying don't miss a deadline, I, I think that's a myth, uh, to be clear. Um, I think the big thing is, is like, yes, you're going to miss deadlines. 100%. It's going to happen. Uh, when it happens, just be clear with the customer and that's it. And when you're swamped, which again, we are extremely swamped right now, um, it's going to happen more often. And uh, as long as we can keep it under control, as long as we can give a heads up to the customer, as long as we're not late on anything that's like mission critical, which we really don't have anything mission critical, uh, then we're good to go. So it's it's important to be just upfront, and that's it. Uh, being late isn't the end of the world as long as you don't make it like a habit of it. Um, every once in a while, usually the customers that you want to work with will be very much okay with you telling them you're going to be a day or two late. That should not be any issue whatsoever. Um, when you're like months late on a on a project, that's a different issue, especially if you haven't contacted the customer. Like all the horror stories that I hear from clients is like, oh, they just went dark. That's the biggest horror story. Like I, I, I was working with a web agency, we were getting some progress and then they just went dark for three months and then they emailed me saying like, they're going to be late or they gave me a subpar product after three months of being late. And that's always going to leave a really bad taste in their mouth. I've never had a customer, a client or anything like that say like, oh, this guy was, you know, a day late and he messaged me about it and I was really mad at that. Like that's, I don't know. If, if you have a client that's going to go crazy over a day or two, I think that's that's kind of an indication saying that you should maybe start looking at a way to get out of that relationship. Um, but other than that, I think, Matt, uh, your way of kind of handling it is actually very similar to my way. Again, you, you have that same mindset of, I got to tackle this thing that's on the back of my mind or that's weighing me down first. That's a really important part because one, first, first important part for me is, again, getting the motivation to get started, get something on the page. Uh, which is which is good. And then number two is get that task that's going to weigh me down that week or that day out of the way. Because if I don't, all my other tasks are going to suffer. And that's the same thing that I guess that you did, Matt. You kind of had that one task that was going to weigh you down. You killed it off over the last couple of days um, and you kind of can move forward after that. The other thing that you that you mentioned was just kind of like work, work, work through it and just work as much as you possibly can to get it done. I think that's I think that's key. We had um we had someone on our podcast a few podcasts ago, Monarch, and his idea was like you just got to code, like you just got to sit down and code and get the work and get the job done. And that kind of stuck with me a lot because a lot of the time, like you're in the situation where you're doing a lot of organizations, you're doing a lot of project management, and some of it's unnecessary, some of it's necessary. But in the end, you kind of have to really balance it greatly with the amount of time you have to code. Like it should never take equal amounts of time, uh, especially if you're in a small team, equal equal amounts of time to uh, organize, research, and create the, the tasks than it is to code. You should always be spending way more time coding, which is something that I've uh, shifted to a little bit more lately. I've been spending more and more time actually doing the job rather than programming it, rather than uh, planning it. I do still plan it. But another thing with the planning stage, especially with a small team or a solo development team like uh, Matt is right now, kind of, um, for him, I, or for for you, Matt, I would say like making the the task list is not a huge priority, but what it can do is it's not something that you have to look back to very often. But if you make like a very general task list, what it does is it kind of gives you that priority in your head that you already probably have. And you just kind of carry on through it. It's that same idea of like creating a cheat sheet for an exam. You're not really going to use that cheat sheet, but that process of creating it makes you think about the project in a certain way that uh, will organize it properly in your head for you to just kind of use those work hours more efficiently, if that makes sense. Um, so it's not something that you actively use. It's something that you use to do your method of just working, working, working. It also kind of has the aspect of offloading it as well. So sometimes if something's on your brain, you're like, I have to remember to do this. I have to remember to do this. I have to remember to do this. If you just write it down and like put the reminder in place and whatever and make sure that the notification comes through at that time, then you're kind of freeing up for some people that helps like right? it'll it'll free up that brain space. So they're no longer worried about, you know, oh, I have to make sure I do this migration at this time or whatever it is. Um, and then that can have that that can be, you know, further adjusted, of course, with uh, like to do 
like to-do lists or whatever you want to say, whatever software you use to organize yourself where you can do, you know, full projects that way, which is, of course, you know, getting into the whole organization thing. But like even for a solo developer, sometimes they need like those, you know, sort of higher brow um, organization tools or organization procedures just so that like they can offload stuff. Like I've said in a previous episode, you know, one of the best ways to handle something when it's bugging you right before bed is quite literally to write it down in a to-do app and then have that to-do app remind you like, you know, say half an hour or so for me anyway, after I wake up and then I can now that's like offloaded. Like I don't need to remember that I already have. And now my phone or my tablet or whatever will remind me, you know, tomorrow. And so I can offload that and I can get some good sleep. And that just helps me sleep like that. Um, I will actually, you know, just to bring it into more of a structured project, even though it is like, you know, the opposite of the topic for this episode. But for a structured project, even though I am like sort of being the solo dev team right now, uh, I will do the to do and I will actually do make the to do list sometimes in the call with the customer. So if the customer is like talking about very specific things. I will actually break up what they're saying into different to do um into different to do like tasks or to do whatever lists and what I'll do it or in the same list, but like into different tasks or subtasks or whatever. And I will actually break that down at a very high level right there. Cause I'll write down like sometimes it'll be per page, right? Like contact us needs this, needs that needs this, uh, this page needs this, needs that needs this. And then I can come back and sort of like talk about it or like, or read, read about it. Sorry. And actually like, you know, split that up if I need to, um, which I will do, which I will do sometimes. And the other thing too is um, when it comes to, so for example, when it comes to, and that's kind of my next question as well, which I'll read out in a second. But when it comes to, to touch on the the deadline thing again, you know, I'm pushing this one client potentially back because I've already given them their project and I'm just doing, like I said, the closing stuff. So they're waiting on some documentation to learn how to use the editor and stuff like that. So yeah, like I am, like I'm at, like I'm roadblocking them, right? Like they don't know how to use this editor. They have to learn how to do it, but I've given them a bunch already. So it's like enough for them to chew on effectively. And so they can take a look and be like, oh, okay. Yes. Like, you know, hopefully, which these people are very friendly. Like, it'll be like, yeah, like, you know, they've given me this, like he, like, like, you know, he's given me this, like he's definitely working like proof of concept, proof of work. I didn't just like disappear, go dark, whatever. Like you said, I've already done that. So I can like, I'm buying my time type of thing. And that leads me directly actually into the next question, which is, you know, and you've already answered part of this, but do you try to push the dead deadline? And if so, when? Right. Uh, so, I mean, I've done it probably many times at this point, uh, even with just small tasks. Let's take it out of the client uh, art discussion, even when you're just working on a sprint, right? And you have, let's say, a migration to do. And the, the migration in the sprint needs to be done by next week, let's say. When you run into issues with the migration during that during that uh, sprint, and it has a potential to block something next week, you can usually tell that that's going to happen pretty quickly. And I like to very deliberately message out to the team that this is this might happen. Right, like it's not a guarantee. We might we might be able to solve it, but just just an FYI, we're having an issue with this segment, like this this migration. This might cause a block down the line, and uh, that's what it is. And it, when it happens, everyone's already aware of it. When it doesn't happen, everyone's kind of just glad that you solved the issue and moved on. It do, it's not brought up again. So I like to do that as much as possible. On the other hand, you don't want to like put every feature that way. Like if you run into a small little issue, you automatically tell the whole team that it's going to delay. That will come off as a little bit, um, it'll come off as way too much communication essentially. So you got to kind of pick your battles with what you, what you think is going to be delayed. But the point that I'm trying to make is I like to message out that there might be a problem even before it exists potentially. Because I want to get that communication as clear as possible so that everyone has an idea. And if there is any real serious issues with it, let's say like that migration is holding up uh, something that could potentially cost us, you know, thousands of dollars in the end, then someone will message out and be like, we can't have that happen. And you have to look at other alternatives. And that's where you have to focus all your energy right away. So giving that upfront communication and as much lead time as possible before a delay happens is what I tried to strive for. And that's worked for me every single time that it's happened. I don't have too, too many delays, but it definitely 100% happens. And usually when I give enough time, people are 100% okay with it. 
Yeah, and I think I think there's a difference too. Like I think there's actually tiers of deadline as well. Like sometimes, you know, you'll have that friendly customer or whatever that's fine with you delaying by a day or two or even a week depending on whatever the project is. But every customer and every project whatever will have a time or most projects, especially if they last a long time and need a lot of maintenance, will have things where it's like, "Hey, we have this happening. This like needs to be done by this day." And with that being said, it's like, okay, yeah, like, okay, like that makes sense. Like this needs to be done by this day, period. You know, that's it. Um, And like websites that uh, companion, I guess, or are a companion to physical events is a prime example of that. But also things like, hey, we have our Boxing Day sale on this day. Like the curbside pickup has to be ready a day before that. And so, like, there are those hard deadlines that you really can't push and, like, you can and you're going to piss off even your nicest of customers. But the thing is, is to realize that you don't have to treat every deadline like it's one of those. If someone is if someone is a person and we all have people like this where we all have clients like this where and like whatever, they're busy. So they don't get back to you for a week or two. That type of person with a with a, a not very serious deadline, like a deadline, for example, of, hey, how do you like the look of this new page I built out? And that page isn't like for that Boxing Day sale or for a timed thing. They're not going to care, right? They're not going to care that you pushed it by a day. So I think that people treat deadlines like they're all the same and they're really not. Now, you can do that. Some people have like a uh, company policy or like, hey, we, we always hit the deadline. We never miss. And like, some people think it's sloppy to miss a deadline, whatever. And if you want to like live by that, go ahead, right? And we're talking about deadlines a lot here. It's not like Mike and I are pushing deadlines every day. You know, I don't, I don't think I've pushed a deadline for a year or more at this point. Uh, but that does happen. Like it's just, it's something where you know you can be hard on yourself to an extent, but it's, it's just a reality of the field where you just can't anticipate everything. You can't anticipate. You can't anticipate everything. You can't plan everything. And there's going to be weird problems. I planned for that migration for a whole, you know, let's say off and on for a week. And there were major problems yesterday, for example. And like if I and you could say like my planning was for nothing. No, I can't anticipate every little thing. But imagine what it would be if I if I hadn't done the prep and hadn't done the research. And I also had the problem. Right. The issue would have been that much worse. And that, you know, whether in that case, it didn't really cause a deadline to be missed but it could have if that had to be done at that time those issues would have caused and would it would have caused like a deadline problem so it's just something to keep in mind there are tiers to the deadlines there are seriousness to deadlines and some things need to be done on a certain day or need to be done by a certain day so you know try to get it done earlier but there are things where it's more like i'm going to send this to this this guy and he's going to take two days to, to to review it so maybe i can push it by a day you know kind of use your own judgment that way mm-hmm. um now, next one is actually going to be about delegation. So delegating tasks out. So if you have a team or a partner or a couple people that work for you, whatever, uh, or you want to bring on a contractor, it doesn't matter. So delegation. So even though you have this big project that you don't have the time to to uh, to manage, just to reiterate that, you don't have the time to manage this. You don't have all the tasks because usually what you do, you create, let's say, your 10 to-dos and you give five to this contractor, two to this contract, whatever, right? So let's say you don't have that, right? Just like the overarching uh, sentiment of the episode. You don't have that. You're just scrambling. You're just trying to get this done. Do you still delegate despite not, ha- not having the project, quote unquote, properly managed? Do you still delegate or... Do you just say no and just hit the grindstone and just do it? I okay. In that situation, if you just don't even have anything managed or anything, uh, I usually just hit the grindstone and do it. Personally, um, it's it happened very rarely, but uh, I know of a, I know of a few situations in the back of my head that um, where there was just like a lot of work to be done. There wasn't any time to manage it at that point. I just had to get it done. And I just literally like stayed up all night or stayed up for a couple of days and just finished it myself because the delegation process itself takes a significant amount of time. That's the whole, that's where the investment of time to manage a project really kind of goes into when you have a team and you have to set up all of their tasks and stuff like that. Um, that's a big investment of time. The idea is that once you do that one time investment, your next like the project will move smoothly and faster and more efficiency and more organized and stuff like that potentially. But if you're in the process of uh, 
like a deadline and you have a project and you just got to get it done and you have to get it done and you have the capabilities to do it. Yeah, I've done it a few times where I just kind of screw it. I'm not delegating anything. I'm just going to do this start to finish and deploy it. So I actually do this a little bit differently than you. Um, I try to delegate the end. So what's the phrase? Burn the candle at both ends or something. Um, I try to do that. And so whereas like I am on the one end of like, let's say the completion line, the finish lines on the right, I'm on the left and I'm running toward the finish line. I try to get someone to move at, move from the finish line and push the finish line closer so that we both kind of like collide earlier than what it would be. Uh, that's kind of what I try to do. Like if I know that I'm working on this thing, it's going to take five days. It would normally take three weeks. I have five days to do it. I will try to delegate out the last two things that I'm going to do if I can, if it's not relying upon me finishing whatever, right? Um, If it's something that they can just do independently, I always try to do that. I try to move that finish line. I think that that... I think that your way and my way are both valid because sometimes, you know, you need to build upon it. Like, obviously, if you want to build a curbside pickup system and the cart's not done, I mean, you need the cart. You need the cart, the basket, whatever you want to call it. But if you if you are at a point where you're going to be working on the curbside pickup and the last three things you're going to be doing is the about us page, the slider, the marketing marketing based front page, uh, stuff like that. I will try to delegate that out and be like, hey, I need this, this and this. Just do it rough. Like I, I bring them in and I just like fully say, hey, this is this, you know, I'm doing this quick. This is the this is the situation. Can you just do this rough? Get it there so that even if you're just putting the bones in and the basic structure, the basic infrastructure or whatever, I can go in and now I'm not starting at ground zero and I can just quickly like, you know, put that coat of paint on it, put the coat of polish on it. Or I can use that to do what the next question I have here is, which is a tiered delivery. So I'll bring that up right now because it's kind of perfect timing. Do you try a tiered delivery? So, for example, showing the client parts of a project while deflecting, like, hey, I'll have page two done tomorrow. Here's something you can chew on till then. Yeah, I mean, I, that can totally work. Um, can you actually, you know what? Can you repeat the question? Yeah. So, like, do you try like a tiered delivery? So, for example, like, I mean, I already give one example. I'll give another one. So if it's the curbside pickup uh, example, let's say I finish the curbside pickup, but they have five other pages, which are like a contact form and this and that. And they, I don't have any of that done. But the project's due on Monday. On Monday, I'll give them the curbside pickup and say, hey, guys, play with this. By Wednesday, I'll have your other pages done. Okay. And you don't even say sorry or anything. You just say, hey, here's my delivery. Because... Like I said before, I will try to focus on that, that focus, like the focus, like they were focused on curbside pickup. So I'll try to give them that. And then the rest of the site, I'll like, that'll be like tier two. (laughs) Like it's not quite at the top. It's not tier one. It's not main importance. It's, you know, it's right at the second tier. And so I'm, I'm just saying like, hey guys, have this to chew on. I'll finish this later. And most people just like don't even realize or don't care that you're like deflecting or giving a tier delivery. Yes, uh, I definitely do something very similar to that, where um, if I have a deadline for a bunch of different features, I will prioritize the features that I think are most important or the ones that are most uh, asked for, I would say. And I will complete those features first. And whatever else I don't reach, uh, I won't probably talk about during like a standup or during a meeting with the client where I'm showing it to them and stuff like that. I'll just talk about the features that I did reach. Usually if, if another feature was important, they'll bring it up themselves and they'll be like, oh, where's this thing? I think I thought that was going to be done. And then I'll be like, okay, yeah, yeah. Like that. Uh, I'm still working on that. Uh, this is going to be like the, one of the next deliverables. And that's always gone decently well. Again, it's that, it's that tiered, tiered deadline approach to like, is this the end of the project deadline where you have to display it and like, like, you know, publish it live? Or is this just a milestone deadline? In a milestone deadline, that happens quite often where I'll show where I'm at. Like, yes, technically these parts were supposed to be part of the milestone, but they didn't make it in and they'll be in part of the next milestone. That usually goes off pretty well as long as you have a good chunk of them done. Um, because there's going to be a, like adjustments need to be made as you're going through the development process anyway, or the design process. So that's going to happen regardless of your efforts. Uh, but in terms of like a final deadline, 
that one that's a tougher ask because obviously like they're expecting something to come out at that point and they're expecting something to be deployed in that case again back to my idea of just being like very upfront with the issues that are going on or with the uh the time delays that are going on i make sure that i'm upfront with it right away uh well before the the final deadline so that when i get to that final deadline and i have an issue no one's surprised and caught off guard by it but I, yeah so to answer your question I definitely use the tiered showing approach. If if there's something that I haven't done, I've done that many many times. Like during our weekly sprints, that happens all the time because you know you have well, this would be it would be nice to get all this done, but uh, these are your priorities, and you get the priorities done, you don't even touch the other stuff. That's totally normal. Uh, that's something that we do all the time. Sometimes you get everything done, like it it just happens. But yeah, so I, I treat the the deadlines differently. And actually, with that being said, you know, kind of, I, I do the same thing, tiered, tiered delivery. Um, but what I actually try to do to kind of bring it up to your, you know, when are we going public? I actually try to make it so that the project is due before the public date. So I like to have at least a week, if I can, not always possible. I like to have at least a week before it goes public. I want the client to chew on it. Now, yeah, that opens... Uh, me up to, you know, hey, can you change this? Can you change that? Can you change this? And like, that is annoying sometimes. Uh, But the point of the matter is, is the way I look at it is this is what I guess this is my inner monologue is like, is what I'm putting out right now professional? Now, the client might not like the color. The client might not like the alignment. The client might argue. We've had clients literally argue over like left align, center, right, center, right, left, center, right, left, center, right, like for literally months. But the point of the matter is, is I am fine with my name being on this project in the way I'm presenting it. So what I try to do is I say, okay, I'm fine with this. If the client, you know, let's say I give it to them on Monday and the public actual launch date is the next Monday. So Monday one and then Monday two, let's say. So I give it to them on Monday one. They have all this time. And on Friday, they're like, hey, I'd like these changes, but we still need it out. The way I'll handle it is I'll literally say like, hey, that's going to take some time. Do you want me just to put it out? And some clients will say absolutely not. But a lot of times in the comment that I send to you, send the to the client, I'll literally say, Hey, like, this is like kind of superficial, like, you know, or it's just aesthetic. I'll absolutely do it. I can have it done for you in a week or two, but I think this project is professional enough to put out. Is that okay? And sometimes they'll just say yes. Or sometimes like, they'll be like, this has to be out. And it, and like, I'm not going to be around. Like this has to be out. And if I'm not going to hit that deadline, hard decision, that's it. I'm just going to put this out. And if they say, hey, where's that alignment change? Or, hey, where's this thing that I want to change? I'll be like, oh, shoot, sorry. And I'll just fix it. And like, sure, like you might say like, oh, that's like deception. But to that, like like to me, it's like I've put this out, this thing out professionally. We're in the industry. No, we're not perfect. Yeah, we have bad design choices. Yes, we have good design choices, as everyone does. But this is professional enough that a client, like their client, right, their customer isn't going to go to the website and be like, not right aligned i'm out of here you know but if the website's like has like weird html marquees and crap and it's all like screwed up okay yeah they're gonna be like what in the hell is this i'm out of here so what i try to do is make it so that it's professional enough for me on that monday one and you know obviously to spec what they asked for that risk for that week is customer might message me but i am comfortable releasing Monday one's product on Monday two. I'm comfortable releasing it in, uh, if it was my own project. So yeah, sometimes clients will say, absolutely don't do it, whatever. But I will always say like, hey, I can do this. It's going to take two weeks. But I think this is professional enough to release. Can we release this, please? And then I'll just like get to this. And again, sometimes clients say no. Sometimes clients say yes. Sometimes clients are un- like the, the, the position is unmanned. I'm on holidays. Okay, I'm making the decision then. If they gave it to me, I'm just going to release it and I'll just fix the thing before they come back if I can or just get it done as soon as I can, because I know that them having the product out is going to be and this is up to my discretion, but them having the product out is going to be more important than fighting over whether this picture should be on the left of the text or the right of the text or whatever little thing they want done. And again, if they want something big, then you have to play with your own judgment. Don't just take client projects and run off with them, but be professional like you like you are brought on 
whether you're a web developer or a web consultant, like you are consulting to an extent usually. And, it, and if they're giving you the keys, then you use your best judgment based on what they ask for. Yeah. And those are always the best clients that will give you that opportunity to use your best judgment. Like uh, Matt, Matt's talking about the uh, the whole, you know, left aligned, right aligned. Let's move this three pixels here and let's move this three pixels four. Like that's those decisions will never uh, – make or break a product. And that's what a lot of clients don't realize is like they they are very much caught up on the very small things that they see because they're really close to the project. So they want everything to be exactly perfect. And they want this slider to switch to this slide and to switch to this slide. And they want, you know, 17 slides in their slider because they want everyone to look every piece of information to be available there. And they want every like little thing as they're scrolling down to be exactly as they need it. What they don't realize um, is that a, a client, someone that's going to be on there, like a, a user of the site, is never going to wait for any of those slides to change, is never going to read 99% of the text that you write, is never going to see 99% of the site that you've made. All, the, all they're there for is just like one or two little seconds, three seconds, four seconds, and trying to get the task done of whatever that site is trying to accomplish. If it's, you know, selling them a... Uh, a cat, then they're going to try to buy the cat from the site. If they're if it's selling them like some sort of whatever product, they're trying to buy the product. They don't care that your picture is left aligned. Now, yes, stuff like aesthetics does matter quite a bit in a lot of different cases, but usually those kinds of things can be fixed in post-launch and should be fixed post-launch because you'll get user feedback. That's the other thing is like if you launch it out there, you're never going to get anything perfect. But the quicker you launch it, the quicker you're going to get people being like, oh, I don't like this text over here because it's hard to read on my iPhone 3GS that I've been using for 10 years. You know what I mean? Like you're going to get those really random things that you never even thought of rather than trying to move your stupid picture left and right a couple pixels to align it so that it looks the same as uh, some competitor's website that you thought was perfect. That's a really good point, actually, because we have – we have people where we have like clients and I'm sure you guys have too. the listener is we have clients that are super hands on and super picky and they will they will freak out about like we've had people freak out about 10 minutes downtime when they ask for something when I was like, this might cause downtime and they'll be like, well, just don't have it cause downtime. And what they're asking for requires downtime. So I will say, well, it requires it. And we'll have people just say. Well, no, because then people can't rely on us. And my response always is Google goes down sometimes. So then like usually that's like the back and forth where then like there's some customers that are super picky and super all about what they want and super all about left, right, line, center, whatever. And that's where you kind of get that back and forth. Usually either it's too many people involved at the site and they're all fighting over alignment or there's like that one person, like you're working for one person, one entrepreneur, whatever you're working for. And that one entrepreneur is like fighting you or like being very specific on everything, which is fine. But the thing is, is like you have to kind of know your client and realize like, okay, this client is not going to want me to put put this out without me changing this logo for the hundredth time. So I have to do it versus that other client that is, you know, panicking or freaking out because they really need their online store on. So you're like, well, they asked me to change this logo. It's actually tied into a bunch of stuff. It's going to be a pain. I'm just going to release this if they give if they're allowing it. I'm just going to let release this. Now their store is up. They're going to be happy and I'll fix the logo later. So kind of use your own discretion because there are clients that are super picky about what they want. And there's clients that are super like they don't care. Like they're super goal oriented. They want the goal. The goal was to open the store. They they care about the design, but they don't care that much. And you just have to kind of like pick and choose and do whatever. Do whatever you think is best uh, as a professional. Now, last question here. And – We've kind of touched on this too. It's related to the deadline thing. Uh, do you try to buy yourself time? So for example, asking the client for more details when you could use them, you know, the real details that you're asking for, but you don't necessarily need them. So as web developers, just to kind of clarify the question, as web developers, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of questions. Like you don't really think of them. There's a lot of questions like, oh, do they want tax on this? Does this, this, or this, that? And like every little tiny thing, whatever. And a lot of the time you just assume. Like uh, I, we had a problem last year where we asked 
like I asked like three or four times, like, hey, you you bought this domain for this for this project. I need the domain. Like I need I need access to the registrar to to connect literally to connect the hosting so I can start doing this. And I never received that domain. So what happened? I used a domain that they already had. I created a subdomain with it because I controlled that, controlled that, and that's what I did to get through it. Now again, um, that was based upon the context. You know, you shouldn't just like run around with people's domains and stuff like that. But the point of the matter is, is like sometimes you just gotta like take charge. But here's the thing. Now this goes back to the question. I could have bought myself more time. If I was in trouble. So at that point, I was the one waiting. But let's say like I was working, 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 working. And I was like, I'm not going to hit this deadline. But I know, I know that this client isn't going to give me the the domain in two days and the deadlines in two days. I'm going to say I need the domain. I could have bought myself time if that was the, what was happening. And that's a legit ask. You know, you do need that thing. But it's not as much of a roadblock as you're kind of like hinting at it is. So it's like a little like. I don't know. Some people might say it's scummy or whatever, but like you do need that and it could buy you very valuable time. And it's something that you're going to need down the road anyway. So it's not like it's hurting anybody. So what do you think about that, Mike? What do you think about trying to buy yourself time? Do you do that? Do you think it's okay? What do you think of it as a tactic? Right. Uh, So I don't do it in the same traditional sense as um, asking those asking questions like that. How I do buy myself a little bit of time. Uh, Usually what happens when I'm running out of time or when I'm not uh, completing something on schedule, it's because something went wrong. So one of the implementations that I had wasn't correct. One of the assumptions that I made wasn't correct. So I have to do something else. What I do is, um, and this is kind of like another kind of a trick thing, is I will bring the client or the engineer manager, whoever I'm like, whatever I'm doing, I'll bring them on a call. This is going to be early on in the process when I realize there's going to be a delay uh, because of, so there might be a delay because of something. And what I'll usually have is, let's say it's a, um, just trying to think, it's a, again, we'll, we'll go back to the migration. It's a migration issue because that's just on my mind right now. Uh, I'll be like, I have an automated script for migration and it's not going the way I want it to go. Like it's working here. It's not working there, whatever. Uh, I can continue to work on this. Uh, the problem is that it'll probably delay me a few days or, or a week or two, but it'll be like proper. It'll get, it'll get done and we'll be able to use it in the future. Alternatively, if this is an emergency and I always use that, like, you know, kind of emergency or uh, high, high elevated thing. Like if this needs to be done right now, I have this other method of like, we'll just do it manually, but then we'll never be able to reuse that method. And there might be some issues because we're going to have to do it manually, but we can get it done if you need it right now. Right. So I'll give them kind of the option. And usually I would say 99% of the time when I give them those two options, because it's always going to be similar. One's going to be the obvious choice where if you just give us a few extra days, we'll get something done much better. And the other one will be kind of like the janky choice where like, yes, we can get it done, but it's going to be janky. They're going to pick the obvious, like get it done right for the first time option. It's not a big deal if it's a couple of days later, a couple of weeks late, whatever, just get it done. It happens. And that kind of buys me time. And that's, that's kind of the other way of like, you know, without saying that you're running out of time or without saying that you, uh, you're going to miss the deadline. That's another way to like approach the situation and get more time where everyone is in the same, like everyone knows the same things and everyone's ready to, you know, sacrifice a a couple weeks or whatever. Everyone's on the same page. Again, I, I always go back to that, like keeping everyone on the same page is super important because there's no surprises. As soon as there's a surprise, people don't like it. Even if it's like a small, stupid surprise, people just don't like to be surprised. As long as they're aware of the situation that's happening, usually everything will be fine. Like it's not a huge deal to be a few days late. And actually the thing is too, is there's, there's a lot of um, deadlines that aren't actually deadlines. So sometimes it's a deadline that you've set yourself. Uh, for example, if you you know you have a call with somebody, there you know the the project doesn't have a hard deadline, uh, doesn't need to go public at a certain date. But you know you, you yourself in your own head as the developer, as the project manager, whatever you decide, you know this should be about three weeks. And let's say you don't even really say that to the client, 
you just say, you know, yep, you know, we can do these changes, whatever. And you think it's going to be about three weeks. And then let's say about two and a half weeks in, two weeks in, you realize, hey, you know, it's actually going to be about four weeks. Even though that was a deadline that you set for yourself, oftentimes, if you've worked with the client, especially, they kind of are used to your work pattern. And so at around three weeks, they'll be kind of looking for what you what you were going to deliver and you didn't deliver. So if your own sort of internal deadline alarm is going off, even though a deadline is not set, just mention what's happening. And I've done this. I did this last week where I thought I never mentioned a specific deadline, but I said to or like I was like, yep, we can do these changes. And I thought to myself, this is going to take about two weeks. And it took about three and a half and about I'm going to say a week in. I was like, yeah, this is going to take longer. So I just sent off uh, an email and and did said exactly what was happening. Hey, you know, your work is well underway and it'll be done late X week, you know, whatever week it was. And they were like, yep, that sounds good. We were actually going to message you to touch base. Sounds good. I'll talk to you then. And then it just it just diffuses the whole situation. Everyone knows what's going on and you're not giving an actual deadline again. You're saying late in that week. So is it Thursday? Is it Friday? Is it like technically midweek? Like, are you going to release it late Wednesday? Whatever. But it's giving you that time. Are you going to release it on Saturday? You know, if you work on the weekends, whatever. But the point of the matter is it's still giving you that wiggle room, but it's also giving you the assurance and the customer, the assurance that, Hey, you know, this is how long it's going to take. And if, like I said, if they, if you didn't give an exact deadline, but you've worked with them before, they probably have an expectation. And now they have like a more solid expectation than they're not being like, hey, that usually takes three weeks. Why has it been four weeks? What's happening here? So it kind of like alleviates that concern. And the thing, the thing I want to bring up too, like outside of these questions is, you know, it sounds like <laughs> this time management stuff sounds like a lot like, you know, more and more we talk about it. It almost sounds like you're deceiving people, but you know, you're, you're not like, this is how people, this is how people manage their time. This is how people manage uh, client work. And what we, I want to be clear here is don't go up to the client and blatantly lie and say this can be done in a month when you know it's not possible and then, you know, under deliver um, on that promise. And don't go up to a client and be like, yeah, it's done. And then be like, well, it's actually not even close to being done. I don't know. What to, you know, nothing like that. But like these little time, you know, these little tips, these little things that people do um, can really help you. Now, I do want to warn you, though, and Mike, Mike knows about this. We got a lot. We have a couple clients that that are like, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know what profession that it would be, but they call you out on it. Like they pick up, they pick up on these like time saving tips where they're like, I don't want to hear about that. Like I asked you to do this. Like what, where, where is this thing? And there's just people like that. So sometimes these tactics just aren't going to work. And again, no blat- don't be blatantly lying to your customers. You know, be honest, tell them what's happening, do whatever, try some, like do some of these tips, whatever, uh, at your own risk, at your own discretion. Don't be lying. Again, don't be like just straight up lying to people, but like, you know, these are normal sort of like social uh, tropes, I guess you'd call it. I don't really know if that's a really, social whatever constructs. I don't really know what the name is, but these are sort of like normal social things that people do in offices or remote offices you know, to, to, to project manage, to time manage. These are like normal things that like we've even encountered from other people as well. And it's better than, like Mike said, going dark. It's better than disappearing. It's better than uh, like going in like, telling a customer I'll be done in three weeks and then don't talk to them for six weeks because you're super late. And, you know, it's way better. And just be honest, tell the people what you want to do. And hopefully that, hopefully your client doesn't call you out. (laughs) There's the, there's the, the suspenseful end to our episode is like, but there's clients out there that don't abide by these rules. Like, (laughs) absolutely. But the other thing is like, this shouldn't be something that you're going to be using at every single project at all the times that's the other like if you're just starting out don't think that you're going to be late on everything and you shouldn't be late on everything you should uh if you are let's say that you're in a situation where like you're constantly using these techniques to try to get by i would say the process of your like time management or the process of your quote management needs to be changed like i always kind of go lean towards the side of you know under promise over deliver like that that could bite you in the ass because you're underselling yourself at that point but i always try to lean towards that rather than the other right so whenever i do a project usually i'm going to be quoting more time i'm going to be quoting more money than it's actually going to cost uh sometimes you can give back some money sometimes whatever like it, it doesn't matter but regardless it's i'm always leaning towards that route and that will 
most likely offer the best customer experience as well. Because if you lean the route of I'm the cheapest and I'm the fastest, then you're going to also get the clients that only want that. You know what I mean? So just you got to balance it out in your own uh, portfolio. You got to balance it out in your own mind. But my suggestion is if you're at the situation where you're constantly using time uh, delay techniques, you're probably not quoting the right amount of time. Yeah, that that's a good point. Like, you know, these tactics are used for, you know, emergencies or they're just like things that you should use, um, you know, when appropriate. But if you're using them always, then that means that it's not appropriate. And pricing and timing are the hardest things to estimate. No one's perfect at it. And that's why these sort of time management techniques, time management, social things exist. Um, but it is a skill that can be worked on and a skill that can be improved upon. And if you are always late, uh, always under delivering, always missing the deadline, or even if you say are always um, over delivering, you know, you at that point, like those should just be signs to you that you need to adjust your time scale. Like maybe you want to always, you know, always the thing is, what is it like? Uh, always like deliver. I don't. I can't remember the stupid like metaphor or whatever. But it's like basically always like deliver, uh, over deliver your over deliver your promises. Of course. So the thing is, is like, it's a skill that that can be learned. And whether you're like over delivering, under delivering, whatever, that those signs need to be something that you use to gain or to uh, hone the skill that you have to tell how long something's going to take you. So. You know, oh, I didn't price this correctly. Oh, you know, I'm always telling these people I need a month and I'm getting this done in five days. You know, maybe that's great and that's really great for your customer service and you want to keep doing that. Go ahead. But that's still a tell where you can say, oh, if a client if a client comes to me and needs something done in a week and they're going to pay more because they need it done in a week, I can do it because I always get it done in two days. Right. You need to use these 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 staples. Like if you're if you're always quoting and saying, I'll get this done in three weeks and you always need four weeks that that tells you something. Hey, you know, maybe I should maybe I should say four or four and a half weeks in case something happens. And the situation's always dynamic. If you start working with contractors, if you start hiring people, you're not going to know how fast they work and you're not going to know how fast the delegation is. You're not going to know how fast. That's why that's why time management and stuff is so complex. But it's important to sort of exercise the skill, gain the skill practice the skill, whatever you want to say. It's, it's, it's very important to consistently, um, hone the skill so that when you go into a pricing meeting, a deadline, a deadline meeting, whatever, uh, a, a goals meeting, like, Hey, my goal for this project is to whatever it is, whatever project, whatever meeting you're going into, whatever uh, situation you're entering, you can at least not start at square one. Sort of like how I do with the, with the migration. I prep for the migration. Everything went wrong, but due to the prep, I was able to recover. You want to be able to get in there so that even if you, you know, if you're like, man, this is a weird project. I've never seen this before. At least you're not starting at square one. At least you're starting at like square two of five or whatever. At least you're not starting right at the beginning. So it, it, it is a skill. It's, some, it's something that you are going to you are going to mess it up. Um, and it's something that you just should work on. Uh, but that that's the end of my mystery episode. Like, again, that was something that Mike has never or Mike never seen it. Uh, like never saw the episode, never saw the show notes. Uh, I write them on my phone and intentionally kind of drop them in his lap so that he can't prep. Uh, just a little bit of fun, a little more conversational episode. Uh, hopefully you guys enjoy them. I think this is like the second one we've done. Uh, I don't know what the title is <laughs> going to be yet, like I said. Um, but uh, like we always do, I mean, weekly growth goal. Mike, do you have a weekly growth goal? Did you complete your weekly growth goal? What's up? What's up? What's going on? Yes. So uh, I have moved forward with my weekly growth goal. So my goal was to uh, create show notes for older episodes and post them on dev.2. Um the issue with that is that I we don't like we create show notes for ourselves and we've been posting those, but it's not like theoretically the correct show notes that you're supposed to post. So what I've done is I've done research on other podcasts uh, that do show notes and I've noticed what they're doing and I've kind of put my own twist on it and I've created kind of like a template of how the show notes are going to look. And I'm hoping that we can use that template for now on dev.2 and then eventually use that template for the show notes that are going to go on the uh, actual website that we create, the HTML things website. Um, they will require a listen through the episode. 
uh, because what I'm going to be doing is like very generic timestamps. I'm not going to timestamp every topic that we talk about, but what I do want to do is kind of timestamp the main topics. So just like maybe four or five timestamps per episode, just to give kind of like a tease of what this episode's about body-wise. And then I'm going to have a section in there about key takeaways where I'll talk a little bit more in depth, maybe a few points, a few extra points about what we're actually going to be talking about in the episode and what are like the, the interesting tidbits that were pulled out of the episode that can be kind of stand on their own. Um, and other than that, every, every one of the show notes is going to have a, a section about what is HTML, the things, because the assumption will be that the person that's going to be viewing them has never heard of HTML, the things. So I'm going to make sure that that's upfront. Any of our, uh, episodes with our uh, guests are going to have a section about our guests so that we'll be able to promote their stuff. Uh, and obviously our social links will be on there. So stay tuned for that. Uh, we'll be probably posting on Twitter, Instagram and all that when they do come out. Uh, but the, the idea is again, a quick listen through the episode at like 1.5 or two times speed should be enough. And, uh, that should give us a little bit more quality control in the episodes as well. Cool. Uh, yeah. So, I mean, just to kind of reiterate that too, like the notes that Mike and I are, Mike and I write are like the show idea and the conversation topics are like in one or both of our heads. And so we're just writing notes as reminders or indicators to the other person. If I'm like doing, doing the show notes this week and then I like it, that this was a mystery episode. So it's bad. <laughs> it's a bad example. But if I was writing the notes and I want Mike to see them, he's not going to know exactly what I'm going to talk about, but he's going to be able to get the Coles notes version and then be able to say, okay, like I need to read up on this or, oh, now I know what's going to happen type of thing. So. Yeah, that's a good idea, you know, because they're obviously someone just reading them. They're going to be like, these are just like a, a mess of notes. But it's like, yeah, because it's like that's what piecemeal it conversation talking points on paper. <laughs> like it's not normal, um, not normal for like a present, like a presented piece of paper, basically. Uh, but for me, my weekly growth goal, I believe, was just to keep my head above water, <laughs> which which is, uh, you know, I'm still here. I'm talking to you. So that's good. Uh, but yeah, I, I believe that was my weekly growth goal. And uh, uh, I have. So I've completed uh, a migration. I've completed uh, another project, which I just have to look over. And I'm going to slightly kind of maybe push back on another one. Uh, I might be able to do that by today. I don't know. It depends on uh, how editing this episode goes. But um, that's kind of where I'm at. I am doing uh, up to 16 hour days. So, you know, uh, not great. Uh, my eyeballs are not happy, but uh, and I don't recommend you do them, <laughs> but uh, that's what I'm doing right now. And that's that's kind of where I'm at. Although what it's done for me is it's forced me to uh, clean up some of our automation, specifically in QuickBooks, you know, clean up some of those automated uh, like invoices going in and out, whatever uh, it has. Uh, it has allowed us to not only get sort of regular work, but increase our passive income from work as well, just because so much stuff is flying in, which is nice. And, um, it's, it's, uh, well, there's, there's an, there's a current end in sight kind of. So, I mean, at least I'm working toward that, I suppose. Like, obviously I'm not just going to end and then disappear forever. Uh, but like, uh, no time for the hat website, uh, no time for hat other than the, uh, just the, the, the show, which is of course kind of our staple of the week. Uh, but this is, uh, this is web development. This is kind of what is, this is kind of what's what. And, um, I mean, we're growing, so maybe our team will grow, maybe this and that, whatever, but, uh, that's where I'm at. So my weekly growth goal for next week is going to be to sort of clean what's on my plate effectively. So, you know, present or at least give over the or uh, give out the updates, like a link to say, hey, you know, review these updates, uh, close that one deal. And uh, I have a couple other uh, QuickBooks things to do. So I'll be doing that as well. And that will be it. And then I'll be back to the normal, hopefully day to day and hopefully back to working on the hat website, but that's kind of where I'm at. It's sort of like the tail of the hat website where it just constantly and continually gets delayed. Um, but it's not like it's being delayed due to like me not working. It's being delayed due to like too much stuff coming in. So I don't know whether that's good or bad. It's good to be busy, but you know, it has its consequences. It has its uh, benefits and its, and its negatives, but, uh, but that's just the way it is. And, uh, I'm here and I beat my weekly growth goal. I keep my head above water. So <laughs> uh, assuming that's what it is, assuming that's what it was, uh, I believe that's what it was. But, um, I mean, if Mike doesn't have any comment on that, I think we can run the old conclusion here. Runner up. 
Well, if you like this episode and you like our other episodes and you want to support the show, that's patreon.com slash HTML, all the things. And many thanks to our $3 tier patron, Sean from RabbitWorks JavaScript on youtube.com slash RabbitWorks JavaScript, Garrick from Local Path Computing and Web Design on localpathcomputing.com, Ryan Gatchel from Blue Black Digital on blueblackdigital.com, Chris from Selfmade Web Designer on selfmadewebdesigner.com, Tim from The Web Hacker on thewebhacker.com, DL Ford from dlford.io, Bib Hashdash from Nine Block Media on nineblockmedia.com, and Jason from Geek Life Radio via geekliferadio.com. Feel free to leave a comment or a review on the platform that you are listening to this on. And this outro will sign us off. You've been listening to HTML All The Things Podcast. Web development, web design, and small business. We hope you've gotten some useful and practical information from this show. And we hope you appreciate that we talk to you like human beings. And we hope you had some fun. We'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hit us up on social media, on Facebook, Instagram, and Patreon at HTML All The Things. And on Twitter at HTML Everything. Until next time, this is HTML All The Things. Signing off.